Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Michael Stott, Latin America editor, and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. Last weekend, mass demonstrations erupted across Chile. 15 people have died, more than 1,500 have been arrested, and more than 78 metro stations were burnt or damaged in the capital city, Santiago. Here to discuss the protests and the causes behind them with me is Benedict Manda, the Financial Times correspondent for Chile and Argentina. Benedict, we understand the protests were initially triggered by quite a small rise in fares on the Santiago metro. Could you tell us about when the price hike was announced and how this all started? Yes, it was just a 3% rise in the end, really not what you'd expect to cause this kind of reaction. This happened on the 6th of October, so almost three weeks ago. But the real reaction didn't come until last Friday. So there was a gradual build-up between the actual implementation and the sort of social explosion that's happened over the weekend. And we'll have to see where that goes. There are reports of rioting, looting and arson and a pretty tough response from the military that have been ordered onto the streets. People are saying it's the worst civil unrest in Chile since the last years of the Pinochet dictatorship, which ended in 1990. You're in Santiago right now. What's it like, Benedict, on the ground? Well, it's certainly calmed down a little bit since the weekend. The metro is beginning to function again. Shops are beginning to open. There's life on the streets. But it's not completely back to normal. And there's still a curfew being implemented on a daily basis. It's still a state of emergency. It seems to be the pattern that towards the end of each day, the situation gets more and more violent. And yesterday, there was absolutely violence on the streets. And there were mass protesters hurling huge rocks at the police and the police were responding by firing tear gas and so on. There were fires being lit on the streets as well. There's still a situation that needs to be kept under control. And are you still seeing troops on the streets and armoured personnel carriers or have they been pulled back? Absolutely, very much so. And this is a cause of some consternation amongst the population. The problem is that the protesters want the military off the streets and the military aren't going to leave the streets until the protesters do. So there's an uncomfortable showdown going on. What about the people who have died, Benedict? Can you tell us a little more about that? Are they all protesters? What sort of circumstances did they die in? What do we know about that? So, so far, 15 people have been confirmed dead. 11 of those have died whilst looting mostly supermarkets in fires. The remaining four have died at the hands of the military in circumstances which remain to be cleared up. At least one of them was electrocuted, so I'm not sure what happened there. But the other three, I think, were results of being shot at by the military. So they're using live ammunition, are they? No, these are rubber bullets, as far as we know. I don't think there are any reports of live ammunition. Right. Now, what about the organisation of these protests, Benedict? What do we know about who's behind these protests and how they're being organised? Yes, it does seem to be very spontaneous and decentralised, but it's also possible that there are groups on the fringes that are taking advantage of what's going on, and this is what makes it very difficult for the government because there are no clear leaders of these protests. And they're being organised on social media, aren't they? As far as people can tell, yes, but that doesn't make it any easier for the government to tackle the problem. No, of course. And President Piñera gave his reaction in policy terms to these demonstrations and announced a package of measures, didn't he? So 
Can you tell us a little bit about what he's announced by way of a response to this protest? Well, he's only given a sketch of what they might do, and that requires approval from Congress. But there have been measures that will seek to increase pension payouts. They've increased the minimum wage. There have been measures to increase subsidies for medicines, also electricity tariffs and so on. But it's very unclear what all of this is going to cost and how the government is going to pay for it. But this is quite a different response to the one we saw from President Pinera in the first days, isn't it, of the protests when he was much more confrontational. I think initially he was denouncing the protesters as criminals, wasn't he? That's right. And he spoke in terms of a war going on and a powerful and implacable enemy was the phrase that he used, which a lot of people took offence at, really, because the vast majority of the people protesting on the streets are doing so peacefully. There's a small group of people that do appear to be taking advantage of the situation, but Piñera, his initial comments seem to be directed at that small group, and that has not gone down well. Right. And of course, as you said earlier, the metro price rise which triggered these riots was the tip of an iceberg. The common thread here seems to be anger over the high cost of living and a feeling that people are excluded from the benefits of the economic growth Chile has enjoyed over the past decades. Do you think that's what's the real cause of all this? Absolutely. There's a common chant, which is that this is not about the 30 pesos that metro fares rise by, but the last 30 years of neglect. And what's worse is that there have been previous demonstrations. There was one significant one in 2006 and another in 2011, which dragged on. That was in Pinera's first term. And the governments in power at the time never responded adequately. And this problem has just been building up. And if this government doesn't meet protesters' demands, they could just be storing up more problems for later. And this is curious, isn't it? Because as you say, Benedict, this is President Piñera's second term, and he's alternated in power with a socialist government, one led by Michelle Bachelet, who's now at the United Nations. But she had two terms in power for her socialist government, and she didn't seem to do very much to resolve these problems either. So this looks like a wider failure by the Chilean political class, doesn't it? Absolutely. Although the protesters out on the streets today do seem to have personalised these protests. I mean, Piñera is the target of their complaints. There are lots of people carrying banners saying that Piñera must resign. And one of the problems that he has to deal with is that he's not only the president in charge of the country, but he's also very much a member of the traditional elite as one of Chile's richest men and a successful businessman. So he's got quite a tricky task in dealing with the protests. Yeah, so he's being accused of being an out-of-touch billionaire, isn't he? There was a photograph of him in a restaurant Friday night eating with his family as the streets burned, wasn't there, which caused some anger? That's right. That was very damaging. And there was also a leaked WhatsApp message from his wife, which has damaged the government's standing. So they need to work on on their image And of course, they're not the only ones in the region with a problem of being accused of being out of touch. Next door in Argentina, President Macri is running for re-election and he's had some of the same charges, hasn't he? I think his Peronist opponents are trying to make hay out of the situation in Chile, aren't they? That's right. But what's interesting to compare Argentina and Chile is that a lot of the complaints in Chile 
revolve around the fact that there's very low levels of social assistance. There may also be low taxes as well, but Argentina is the mirror image of this. It thinks it's a rich country and has high taxes and unsustainable levels of subsidies, which is what the government in power at the moment was trying to fix and clearly failed to do. You mentioned earlier, Benedict, that President Piñera may not have calmed the protests with this initial package of measures. He is vulnerable because of his status as a billionaire and his perhaps rather clumsy handling of the protests in the first days. How do you see this playing out in the coming days and weeks? Well, I think it entirely depends on how the government reacts. If the government takes this seriously and there is real political and economic change, then the risk to that is that it could damage Chile's growth potential and hit its ambitions of becoming a developed economy. On the other hand, if there isn't real change and they fail to meet the demands of the protesters, that social discontent will continue. And although it might be controlled in the short term, it could explode further on down the line. Well, thanks, Benedict, and thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you've missed our earlier episodes on NHS healthy towns, on Syria's war profiteers, or on the jail sentences for the Catalan separatists, you can find them on all the usual podcast platforms.